It is Unleashed with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Barry, a sports talk for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. Man, we are getting close to Christmas. Get your shopping done. I'm just telling you from experience, scrambling is no fun. Speaking of presents, Carlos Correa is going to be introduced at a press conference at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That is your Christmas present. We'll talk all about it coming up next. And a special guest, my son, and he knows baseball better than I do, but you probably already know that. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. John Lund, KMBR Radio, along with Greg Papa. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the Blowtorch, KMBR 680 in San Francisco, KMBR.com. We appreciate you if you're listening on the podcast today. Please subscribe. You can get the podcast. So if you're on the YouTube channel, you can take it wherever you want to go. Apple, Spotify, all your favorite places to get podcasts. If you're not watching on the YouTube channel, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can see all the videos that we throw up there and the graphics and all those kind of things. And I'm ugly, so it'll make you feel better about yourself. So make sure you check that out as well. Interact. Comment section on the YouTube channel. I'll use the best ones. We'll do a mailbag every single week. So make sure you interact that way. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at John Lund Radio Instagram as well, and I'll use the best ones there on Instagram, Twitter. Any way you can get a hold of the show, it's always great to get your interactions. Always great to get your thoughts. So thank you so much. If you are new to the show, thank you. What we do is we give you a little bit of uh, the best stories, a lot of audio, a lot of video. So, again, if you're on the podcast, that's great. But join the YouTube channel as well, and it'll be a lot of fun because my my son is a student in Arizona State. He's a broadcast student in Arizona State, and he is a baseball junkie. So I'm going to ask him here in a few minutes to grade the shortstop deals the way he sees them from one to four. Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and, of course, Dansby Swanson signed with the Cubs. And they're all gigantic deals, even Swanson seven for 177, which would have been unheard of. Uh, a while ago. That was the uh, huge deal. So we'll get into all those conversations, but the reason for the podcast tonight, I wanted to remind you that we're going to have a ton of stuff going on in KNBR tomorrow, and you're going to want to tune in. The Carlos Correa press conference is on our show with Pop Lund at 11 a.m., so we'll have as long as it goes. That thing will probably go half hour, 45 minutes, and Carlos Correa will be there and all the all the principals. And then uh, Giants manager Gabe Kapler is going to join us at one thirty on the Pop and Lunch Show, and we'll talk all about uh, what he sees in this new lineup as well. So before we get to shortstops, before we get my son, who is a uh, baseball aficionado even more than myself, I want to jump the uh, projected lineup up there for the uh, Giants. And as you can see, I don't think this thing is done. Uh, Yastrzemski in center field, I think that's going to change. I'd like Mike Yastrzemski in right. I think they should get aggressive and trade for a center fielder. I've said Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, but uh, there, there doesn't seem to be traction, but we shall see. But I'd love him to get a true leadoff hitter and center fielder. Uh, Yastrzemski is just much better in right. Carlos Correa, I think, is going to be in the two-hole. Used to be your best hitter was in the three-hole. Usually now you want him up into the two-hole, so I think Correa goes there. Uh, Mitch Hanniger in uh, right field. Hanniger is going to be in right. Jock Peterson, the DH. And this is just a general thought. I think he'll stay there. Flores, we could see some uh, different guys, obviously, at first base. Flores can be there in DH. J.D. Davis can be there. David Villar is around. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr. is around. So I'm just throwing Flores in there for the sake of conversation, but there's a lot of different guys that they can use. Crawford, I believe, is going to go to second base. Some have projected third base, but if you start thinking about this thing logically, the way this is going to go, left-handed hitters with a limited to no shift are just going to be like shooting at that. You like those sound effects? 
going to be shooting at that uh, right field slot. And I think that a second baseman with range is going to be more important than the diamond than a third baseman. So I think they're going to move Brandon Crawford to second base. And you're going to have an up-the-field defense of Crawford, Correa. Hopefully you improve center field. Nothing against Yaskrimski. He's a much better right fielder than center fielder. So you're up the middle defense. You still got to find a center fielder. But in the infield, you'd look good with Crawford and Correa, especially, like I said, with left-handers now shooting even more to that right side. You want a second baseman with range. And I think they would move Tyro Estrada over to third. But, again, you have different guys that can play third. Flores, you don't want him there. But J.D. Davis... Uh, Casey Schmidt's a guy that we keep hearing of, and since I have many signed cards of his, I would like that to happen. So you got Peterson, Flores, Crawford at second. J.D. Davis I put in this lineup as the D.H., but again, I think that that is going to change. I think that uh, J.D. Davis will play somewhere along, and again, platoon, even though I think the Giants are going to have much more players are going to play every single day than they have in the past. Estrada I put at third. I think he'd be solid. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got a third baseman. I was a little bit surprised, to be honest, Although I believe that uh, what the Turner deal is about two and twenty-two or twenty-four, whatever's range, ten plus million dollars a year. I thought maybe they would take a look just for a year at Justin Turner to look at that left side of the infield. He's been a really good playoff performer, and I thought maybe they would go after Turner, especially given the Dodgers ties. He's a really good player, um, I think, for a team that's got a lot of young players coming up. So uh, I thought maybe they'd look at Justin Turner. He went to the Red Sox. No word if they tried for him. And then Joey Bart, and again, this is a projected batting order. Joey Bart catching. They did look into Sean Murphy. I've heard that from multiple sources. They did look into Sean Murphy. Price was a little high for them, which, by the way, the A's didn't get very much for him. So I'm a little bit surprised that the Giants didn't go that route because you're looking at probably a 20-home run hitter, maybe not in that ballpark, but a 15-home run hitter, gold glove caliber defense, and you just don't know what you're going to get with Joey Bart. So very, very projected. I think Yastrzemski could move to right, and they could get a center fielder. I think they could get a – they could look into the third base market, maybe not. They could definitely look into the catching market. So I think one more stick for sure to, uh, to put into center field so you can move Mike Yastrzemski to right, move uh, Mitch Hanniger to left. I think they still have some work to do. But as of today, that's the Giants projecting batting order. Give me your thoughts on that. Where am I wrong or what do you think of it as you look at it? I th- still think it needs to be greatly improved. And it's just – it's not only the – Padres that I'm looking at, if you look at their projected batting order, especially as they now get Xander Bogarts to add to Soto and to everything that they've got going there, obviously with Tatis now coming back and Manny Machado. So you don't have a you don't have a, a batting order like that. You don't have a murders row like that. And then you start expanding it out a little bit and you look into the National League and you look at what the Phillies have and the Mets have and the Braves have, and I didn't even mention the Dodgers yet. And and they, by the way, in terms of the Dodgers, let me stick a pin in batting orders for a minute. A lot of people think that they're just positioning themselves for Shohei Otani next year, but I don't think they're just going to sit there. I mean, they did sign Noah Syndergaard. They've lost both turners on the left side of the infield. They lost Bellinger, that by choice. Um, there is word out of L.A. that they're trying to maybe reset their, their payroll structure, and that's possible, but they're not just going to sit around for a year and go, ah, we'll let the Padres win the division. My point is, is if you don't win the division and the Padres and the Dodgers, as you look at the lineup, are better than the Giants, I think both in a rotation and from a hitting standpoint, then you got to start looking at the rest of the National League if you want to chase a wild card. And it's mostly in the East because I think the the Cardinals are are absolutely the best team in the Central. The Brewers are tearing down a little bit. I know the Cubs signed Dansby Swanson, but that's just not going to be enough. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and spent a little bit more money. 
and that was the whole discussion as we kind of move over. So anyway, that's the wild card side of things. You've still got to get better as far as the lineup is concerned. You just saw it. I think you would agree with me, at John Lund Radio, and comment on the YouTube channel. And then as far as the, the shortstop, so I'm going to bring my son in here for a minute, and I want him to put his in order of what he thinks. But in terms of money and the value of the – not only the value, the money, but then the player that you're getting – uh, Trey Turner got 11 and 300. Carlos Correa got 13 and 360. Xander Bogart's got 11 and 280. And Carlos Correa, who I like I said, is going to be introduced today in San Francisco, 11 a.m. press conference on KMBR, the Sports Leader. Pop and I will carry it for you on KMBR. So make sure you listen to it. But uh, if you look at everything, value, age, the player you're getting, the length of the contract. First of all, addressing the length of the contract. This is just what everybody's doing. And if you want to stay up, then you're just going to you're going to have to give out these contracts. Now, the A's aren't going to do it, and the Twins aren't going to do it, and the Brewers aren't going to do it, and the Pirates aren't going to do it. But the teams who can afford to do it and lengthen out that, that money over a certain amount of time, this is just the way that the game is going to be played. And we just saw from Carlos Rodon, uh, what did he get, six from the Yankees? I mean, contracts for pitchers are probably going to go up into the seven, eight, nine range. I don't know that they're ever going to get into the double digits. They probably will at some point. But this is just what you're dealing with with these kind of players. And Correa's deal gives you 13 years, but it's only at about $26, 27000000 million per year. And the Giants decided they can handle that, still add players. If they can get players uh, that we've heard of forever out of the farm system, then hopefully that will balance out the sheet. You know, you got young players who are already been in ARB and all that kind of stuff. And we know, we've talked about it a million times, what their payroll sheet looks like. Not only next year is it, but in 2024, they don't have anybody really committed a couple of years. Now, Correa obviously is, but not many players beyond that. So they're going to have a lot of payroll flexibility. And if you look at Correa, it's kind of like a car payment. That You know, we'd look at a certain car, and we and you look at the sticker price, and you go, whoa. And then they go, oh, but the, the monthly payment's going to be this. And you're like, oh, I can handle that monthly payment. And you stick it into your budget, and you're okay. No matter how long the car payment goes, you don't love it, but at least it's, it's within your budget. I think that's what they're thinking as far as Carlos Correa. Okay, you put him on the layaway plan. It's a long time you're going to be paying on this thing, but $27 million, $26 million per year versus Aaron Judge, who's a shorter contract, but you're going to be paying $40 million a year. The Yankees have got to be fine with that luxury tax, which the Giants don't want to get into. So that's essentially what we're doing. So as far as what the shortstop market is concerned, let me stop talking about it. And let me bring in my son here. He's a, a, a broadcast student at the Arizona State. Let's talk shortstops, what he likes, what his deals are. He'll grade them one to four. I told you we would talk all about Carlos Correa because Carlos Correa is going to be on with the morning show, which will be Marcus and Marcus tomorrow at 8.30 on KMBR. And then we will have the press conference on KMBR with Papa and I on KMBR 680 in San Francisco at 11 o'clock. And then we'll have uh, Giants manager Gabe Kapler on at one thirty. But as we've been discussing in uh, today's podcast, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can see my young son, jo- uh, George who is a broadcast student at uh, Arizona State. He doesn't want to do what I do. He wants to be a play-by-play guy, which is very smart. But uh, he is a baseball aficionado, I would say, uh, much more than myself. And so I wanted to get his opinion, a totally objective, not a Giants fan, just a baseball fan in general. But I wanted to get his opinion on Carlos Correa and his 13-year, $350 million contract. And Dansby Swanson, 7-177, because who eventually went to the Cubs because – Pop and I have been talking all about that because if you can get Dansby Swanson and then uh, potentially players around him, then maybe that's the direction you would go. So let me just ask you in general, your baseball aficionado of mine, let me ask you just in general, of the base of the shortstop contracts, you got Bogarts, 
You're a Red Sox guy, 11 mm-hmm. and 280. You get Correa at 13 and 350. You get Dansby at 7 and 177. So of those, of the shortstop contracts, if you ranked them, one, two, three, you take into account the player and the contract. How, what, how do you rank them one to three? Correa, Bogarts, I'd throw Swanson. in Turner there, too. And Turner, sorry. I, I, Turner, you got four. So he did the 11-300. Mm-hmm. He did 11-300 with the Phillies. Yeah. So based on dollars and player, and they're all roughly the same age, but dollars yeah. and player, how would you rank them one to four? In the way that you, from the one that you like the most to the one that you like the least. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say I like Turner's the most. I like Turner's the most upside. He's a great defense player. Fastest guy in the league. He's still a great hitter. And you get him on a reasonable contract at about 11 years and a, a sizable, sizable amount way, of money. Unbelievable. You're of the age. He's, he's almost 19. The age where a reasonable contract is 11 years. Go ahead. I'm not making it's just, funny. It's, it's just, where it is. It is. It is. That's, I'm, that's I remember where they when are. Giancarlo got his that's right. 13 year. He and got that a was double wild. digit. It, it, and it used to be that you just had guys that were the the double digit contracts were Giancarlo and and Bryce and like your superstar players. Yeah. Got double digit contracts now. And I I'm okay with Trey Turner getting 11. I'm okay with Correa getting 13. I guess. Because the Giants had to do it. Yeah. The one out of the shortstop class, and then we'll get back to you. Let's take a pin in it. We'll get back to the one through four. So you got Trey Turner at the top. The one that got me was Xander Bogarts is a really good player, but he's not a superstar. So you're now you're going double-digit contracts for players who are really good but not superstars. Yeah. Statistics don't like him defensively. Bogarts isn't anything outstanding defensively. We'd love to talk about how Tatis isn't a great defender at shortstop. Well, you're not exactly getting a great upgrade there defensively and Tatis is a much better hitter so do you really look at and say well oh we really really got got him there we got a great shortstop we got a great defensive guy we got a plug-in guy for 11 years well the statistics don't love him defensively he's been he's been around league average to blow league average he's a great hitter and he's you know he's one of the better hitters in the league but you look at Correa and Correa's around the same same hitter as he is, but he's a much better defensive player. And so you get that two-year difference, a little yep. larger contract. But do you like Bogarts at 11 years? Eh, that's why and the again, Red Sox it, were look, hesitant. Everybody, and, and for everybody listening, and you've seen you've seen this, and we've talked about it a ton of times on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. And thanks for joining us. My son George is here from Arizona State. He's a broadcast student at ASU, and we want to get into the, to the uh, shortstop market because Carlos Correa is going to be introduced tomorrow in San Francisco. We'll have it for you, 830 He's going to go with the morning show. 11 o'clock, we'll have the uh, press conference on KMBR. The the shortstop market in general, I understand that they've got to go to double digits. We've talked about it yeah. a ton on the show because they want to keep the tax number down. So yeah. basically what they're trying to do is extend the years, keep the AAV down, and that's what they're doing. So they're okay with it. They're okay with pool holes type numbers on you know the last three or four years of the deal. What they're banking on, especially if you're the Padres, Padres are thinking, hey, the Dodgers aren't being that aggressive mm-hmm. in this offseason. So, you know what? Maybe we can overtake the Dodgers. Maybe this is our chance. We win a World Series. If we win, you know, if, if we're competitive for about a four or five-year window, and that's really what windows are, let's say it's a four or five-year window that they can be competitive in, and they win a World Series in that time, then they're okay with Xander Bogarts giving them three or four bad years in the end because the Padres have never never won a World Series. The Phillies feel like they're in a window. So if Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and all these guys are kind of aging together Mm -hmm. and they can win a World Series or two and stay in contention for five years, they can do that. The Giants, it's kind of a questionable thing because they're ending one era and coming into another. 
Now, if the young players are what they're supposed to be in the system that Farhan thinks they're going to be, then this guy is still young enough to be in the window of all these young guys coming up, and they feel like maybe they can win a championship in the window. So I see the the logic behind all of it, but who knows if it works out because the contracts are so long. Okay, you started at Trey Turner, number one, of the four contracts. Turner, Bogarts, Correa, which one am I missing? Swanson. Swanson. All right, put it, okay, so you put, you put uh, Turner at one. Go ahead. I would, I would honestly, I would say Correa second because I don't love the contract and I don't love the amount of years that they gave him okay. because you look at the guys that are up there at 13, 14 years, you look at Tatis. Tatis signed a 14-year contract when he was 22. You look at Trout and Betts. They signed, I think, 12-year contracts. They were 27, but you can give that up. That's Trout. That's Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. Julio Rodriguez recently signed one. He was 21. Giancarlo Stanton signed his when he was 26. So you look at Correa, he's 29, 28, one of the two ages. He's, out of those guys that I mentioned, he's the oldest. Just turned 28 in September. September 22nd, turned 28, yep. And you think about that, and you say, okay, well, we love Correa. You like to think he's a superstar, but he's not top five, top ten superstar. He's great, but is 13 years a little much? Now, you look at the annual value of him is that you're only paying him $25 million a year. So you take that extra couple of years that you would have tacked on. Maybe you had 11, but you would have paid him less. Turner and Bogarts are making a little more per year because they're going on 11. And you say, okay, well, that helps us win now because he's making $25 million per year, or he's making $26 million per year. Swanson's making 25 And you say, okay, well, that helps us win now because then we can go out and sign other guys because we're not paying as much annually. Okay, so that's that, okay. So you put Correa 2. Let's finish, finish them, and then we'll get to the rest of them. So you got Correa 2, Swanson, and Bogarts left. I would say Swanson, then Bogarts. Not because I don't like Bogarts, but because I think 11 is a bit much for him. And I don't, like you said, I think out of all the guys that sign these big contracts, he's probably the guy that I don't believe should have gotten 11. I think he should have gotten, he's better than Swanson, but I would have liked him more at eight or nine. I think those extra four years are pushing it a little bit and you're going to be, but again, you're the Padres and you're thinking we're contending now. We're going to tank those last four years. If that means he's going to help us win in these first five or so. Okay. What's interesting about the Bogarts deal is to me, is that Manny Machado can opt out next year. They haven't signed Juan Soto to a long-term contract, and there are some rumors, too, that maybe Tatis, because of the, the deal that he had last year and he didn't report it to the team, and it was a, it was an accident away from the team, and he wasn't exactly honest, um, and then he had some PED issues. Mm. And so they're not – I wouldn't trade Tatis. I don't care. Yeah. I, he's a young guy. But my point in saying all that is you've got, you've got what you think is Bogart's long-term and Tatis long-term and Machado long-term – Juan Soto hasn't signed the contract. So there's four superstar players, and right now three of them have contracts upwards of 280. Two of them have them upwards of $300 million. I don't know that those four players are all going to be on this team in, say, two years. Yeah. So what I think San Diego is doing is, first of all, this year, looking at the Dodgers and saying we have an opportunity because the Dodgers now have lost Trey Turner, Justin Turner, uh, Bellinger. Who else did they lose? They lost some pitching, right? Tyler yeah. Anderson. So they lost a little bit of pitching. They brought in Noah Syndergaard. They're positioning themselves to make a big run next year at Otani, potentially at uh, Devers. Mm. So they're, they're, they're repositioning themselves, trying to maybe get themselves even under the tax so that they can make a big run, especially at Otani next yeah. year. So I get what they're doing. They're not going to go downwards. They're still going to try to contend. But what San Diego then looks at is, is to say, wait a minute, we have an opportunity here. So I think San Diego will take all of this, go for it this year, and if they don't, 
then AJ Preller, their general manager, is going to look at things and say, okay, we have all these superstars. Manny Machado is going to opt out. Are we going to re-sign Manny Machado? We're going to let him go. Now we've got Bogarts. Now we've got Tatis. Do we keep Soto or do we take Soto? Yeah. And this was at the trade deadline when you made that move, when a lot of teams talked about it, even the Giants, where you could say, okay, we can whatever we gave up, we can get more for Soto. Mm-hmm. So now in the last year of the deal, you go out and you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to sign Machado. Soto hasn't worked out here. He's just been okay as a Padre. Let's just, I mean, let's say he has an okay year, but they go mm-hmm. after everything this year. Then next offseason, Machado could opt out. Soto could be traded. You know, there's all these different things yeah. the Padres could do because they're a smaller market team. I wouldn't think that they're going to take these four major contracts for a long period of time. I just don't see it. No, I don't think so either. And I think as much as they have a new general manager that wants to win now and it's the first Padre general manager and they have an aggressive owner. Exactly. That they're really they're really finally pushing it and they're they're saying, "Okay, well, we have all these we have all these prospects. We're not going to sit around like these other teams in the past that have said, "Oh, well, this guy's developing. We're not going to make this deal because of one prospect." You see a lot of guys doing that where it's, you know, "Oh, we're one piece away, but we don't want to give up this big top five prospect." Well, you never know how that guy's going to turn out. Padre said, "The heck with that. We're going to go for it." And so far, it looks like they're in the right spot to win. And you look at all the guys they've traded. I, I can't name a guy that they've traded so far that's really turned into anything. We'll see what Washington does with yeah. all these guys. Oh, yeah. definitely. So but you look at, you know, Musgrove, for example. I couldn't tell you who the Pirates got from Musgrove. You look at Snell. I don't think that anybody so far. I, Tampa. You, you think, think right? Luis Patino was the big pitcher from that deal? He's been all right in their rotation, but he was a big prospect. But he's been a middle-of-the-guy rotation for them. Most other teams would have sat there and said, Luis Patino, he throws 100 miles per hour. He's 21. We're not trading him. A lot of guys, a lot of the guys the Cubs got for Darvish haven't been fantastic yet. So you look at them, and they're finally a team that's going all out. So you want to say that they really want to contend, and that's something that teams like the Giants, the Padres, have to be careful of because that's been the first time in a long time in that division that they've really had competition. It's been the Giants and the Dodgers for the last 10 you know, or so years before the Rockies were good a little bit in the early 2000s. But it's really been the first time that they want to be competitive. But, you, yeah, exactly. Like you say, you sit there and you say, can they afford Machado, Tatis? They just signed Musgrove to a big deal. Can they get Soto? Can they have Bogarts on that deal? you got to probably sign Cronenworth at some point. Um, you have you have all these guys. They just signed all these those bullpen pieces that they have to decently sized deals. You you know, yeah, maybe you sign Nola to a tiny, Austin yeah. Nola behind the plate to a tiny contract. But they're going for it. They're going for it now, and then they're going to worry about it later, and they're not a big market team. So that's kind of the story on the on the shortstops. One more, and then again, Carlos Correa tomorrow, 11 o'clock press conference on KNBR, where you can hear Greg Poppett and I weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on KNBR 680 in the Bay Area, KNBR.com if you're outside of the Bay Area. Uh, Swanson. Swanson's interesting to me because what we were thinking, Greg and I, when we were talking about it a lot was – you go after Swanson, you go after Correa because Swanson was going to be, for a lot of people, was going to be half. Half the cost, half the year yeah. as well. Not exact, but pretty damn close. Yeah. 13 and 350 for Correa, 7 and 177 for Swanson. So it's a lo- it, that used to be a long term deal, but now yeah. Swanson, who's 29, plays through age 36, which I could see him doing that. I mean, he's yeah. not an overly athletic guy, he doesn't rely on the athleticism. He reminds some of a Brandon Crawford type, that yeah. glue type guy. He's got a better bat than what Brandon Crawford. I mean, Crawford's mm-hmm. had a couple of years. He had a 95 RBI year and mm-hmm. a 20-plus home run year. But generally speaking, the last two, Dansby Swanson's probably probably a little bit better of an offensive player. Brandon Crawford's a better defensive player, although uh, Swanson won a gold glove, so he's solid. Mm-hmm. But 
when you're looking at it from that perspective, it's done, but let's just have a little bit of fun with it. Seven and 177 for Swanson, and you might be able to get some other guys because he doesn't cost you as much. Or would you rather go 13, 350 for Correa? Better player, a little bit younger, a little bit more dynamic, maybe a better later in the clubhouse. Is big in clutch moments. We know that. So if the Giants could get themselves in those situations for the clutch moments, he's that kind of a guy. So which deal do you like better based on player and years? It's interesting. I I would lean towards Correa, but it is close because both deals have their ups and downs. I don't love the years with Correa, but I do like what they're paying them on an annual value because then it really keeps them contending yeah. and they can they keep can paying guys. guys. Exactly. But And then you look at Swanson and you go, okay, seven years is a lot more reasonable. Swanson's also a guy who has got better year to year. Last season was easily his best year. It was a career year. He was probably the best defensive shortstop in the game. He had a better bat. He hasn't been known for his bat his whole career, but he had a better bat. He was good in the playoffs too. You have an above average bat, and then you have a guy who is easily one of the best hitters in the league, and maybe Swanson's a little bit defender, at least last season he was. And you say, but Correa is also only getting paid a million more per year than Swanson. Swanson's deal is $25 million per year, which is around the likes of the guys that Correa are getting paid per year. So you sit there and you think, okay, well, Swanson got the reasonable amount of years, but you don't really like what he's getting paid year to year because Swanson isn't Correa. But then you look at Correa's and you say, okay, I don't really like the years, but I like what he's getting paid for year for what Correa should be getting paid. So it's interesting because you can go back and forth. but So make a choice. I think you have to go Correa because I really like what he's getting paid per year and I don't really love what Swanson's getting paid per year. Right. I think Swanson's more of an 18, 19, 20 million guy getting paid per year and then Correa's more of a 29 million per year guy and he's getting paid 26. So I think you say, okay, Swanson's probably good until he's 36, maybe 35 you see a decline. So you get one year, two and a half. Correa, you probably get more around three, four years of of decline of, of, you know, not so, not so Carlos Correa, but I think you deal with that with you, the giants, cause you get a better player. I like Correa a lot more because he's one of the better hitters in the league. His WRC plus, which is weighted runs created was around the likes of Jose Ramirez, Shohei Otani. So he's up there as one of the better hitters in the league. Last season, he wasn't fantastic defensively. He was a little above average, but then you look at the season before he was a platinum gold glover, yep, platinum, platinum glover. Yeah. So he wasn't great last year, but then you have room for improvement, and he's been consistent. That's the thing. You look at the last four years, he's had pretty much the same statistics hitting-wise over the last four years. You look at 2020, he was a little down, but that's an anomaly. That was 58 games he played. So you look at Swanson. Swanson's a little more, I don't want to say a project, because he's good now, but Swanson's getting better year per year. So Swanson has to live up to that contract. You're paying him $25 million per year. Yeah, you know what Correa's giving you. is more guaranteed. is consistent. And he's been on another team, too. He was on Minnesota last season. So you can sit here and say, oh, well, what's he going to be like in SF? Well, he took that switch from Houston to Minnesota, and he was just as good. You say, oh, you take him out of Houston, what is he? Well, he didn't have a great lineup in Minnesota last year, still put up the same produ- productivity. So you look at Correa, you know what you're getting with Correa. You're getting consistency, and you're getting a great hitter, and you're giving, getting an above-average glove. Dansby, you still know what you're getting, but is he going to live up to that contract? Well, I don't know. He's got to get better. Swanson still has to get better to live up that contract. If he can build off what he did last year, I believe he can live up to that contract. And I think we look back on it and we say that was a pretty good contract for the Cubs. But 
right about now, I have to see more. Because he's an above average bat. He's a great defensive player. But he put up fantastic defensive numbers last year. And that was a big reason why he was so good for them. But can he? Can you keep that consistency? You know, look at Cray. Platinum gold glove. Platinum glove. Apologies. And then next season, he was about average. The defense is, is relative based on the hitter. You're not always going to be... Well, what you're saying is, is he's got more proven time. I mean, yeah, the, the exactly. Fact is, and look, he, he got a long-term contract. It might be an issue down the line. I understand this whole thing about taxes, and that's why they're doing it. But he's a more proven commodity. That's why Danzu Swanson didn't, didn't get the extended years that the other guys did because they've been doing it longer. Yeah, it's exactly. As simple as that. All right, so you got at the top. Give me your four real quick again. Turner at the top. Turner, Correa, Correa. Swanson, then Bogarts. Bogarts. Right, that's the four. All right, that's Young Son. That's uh, George Lund. Look for him uh, very soon. He's a, a broadcast student in Arizona State. He's home. Uh, I woke him up. Uh, he's probably either going to go back to bed to video games or to uh, friends' houses to stay up till five o'clock in the morning. But you all know what that's about. You got your teenager back at home. But uh, he I, he knows more baseball than I do, so I had to get his thoughts on the shortstop market. There it is. We'll continue. It is uh, unleashed. Barry Sports Talk with me, John Lund from Canberra Radio in San Francisco. And young son, George, check it out. You'll see more of him. Did he pass? At John Lund Radio, tell me how he did. Hit me up on the comments on the YouTube channel underneath here, and we'll decide if he gets to come back for another chance. All right, there he is. There is young son. That is George. You'll see him in a, a TV, radio, so forth near you. He doesn't want to do this blabbing stuff that I have done for 25 years. He wants to be a play-by-play voice, which is much smarter than me. So that's what he's got. It. That's his order. He's got Turner... Correa, Swanson, and then Bogarts. And the thing I've said about Bogarts before is 11 years and 280, that just means that now really good players are getting double-digit contracts. I think Correa is a superstar kind of a player. You know, Mike Trout got the double-digit. Harper got the double-digit. Giancarlo Stanton got the first double-digit. But now that you're seeing guys like Xander Bogarts get it, that's just going to be the norm for really good players. And pretty soon, just good players. That's just how it's going to work out. So I would put it as far as what I see, and, and I could be 100% wrong in this. Maybe it's just because of the luxury tax and the length of the contract. I like Carlos Correa. I like the signing. I'm not bashing the signing of Carlos Correa. But to me, these four shortstops are not the same, and I would grade them just based on talent. I'd put Correa one, Turner two. Ugh. Maybe Bogarts three, Swanson four. But it's not that huge of a difference in both age and ability, even though Swanson hasn't done it for as long. But Swanson's won a World Series. He did it in Atlanta in his hometown. He's from Georgia. Not that Atlanta's hometown, but he's from Georgia. So I am a little bit surprised why the Braves didn't re-sign him. So that should be a little bit of a red light to be like, why didn't the hometown team sign him? And he's more of a glue guy, a Crawford guy. I understand that. But he's a gold glove winning shortstop. And if you put the whole ball of wax together, seven years and 177 is about half of what? Now, Cray is 13, 360, so it's not exactly perfect. But, I mean, Dansby Swanson, if I'm the Cubs, I got him for half, basically, of Correa, and he's he's not as good. He might be 85% of a Correa, but you got him at half. And now you can go out and get other players. Now, I don't know if the Cubs would do that, but our conversations were on our show on KMBR, and what I've said on the podcast many times is, if you go out and you get Dansby Swanson, and what's done is done. I'm not upset about the Correa deal, but if you go out and get Dansby Swanson, then can you go out and, and trade for Brian Reynolds? Can you go out and, you know, sign another player or two, make, you know, go into the bullpen? I think they need at least two bullpen arms and one, a high-end guy that they can swap out with 
Camilo Duvall in the eighth and the ninth inning. Both of, both of them can close. They need that guy. And then they need another really strong arm because if you're getting a bunch of guys outside of Logan Webb that every night are going to go about five and that's it, then you need a hammer bullpen. You need to be really good. So beyond what I said about the lineup when we looked at the projected lineup, you need a center fielder, I think. You need a catcher potentially. I think you might need another position player. You might meet, you know, I don't think you need any more depth in the rotation. That's pretty good. But you need a couple arms in the bullpen. I think they're three or four players short of where they want to be come spring training. And this is where the fun part starts because what you start getting is guys who slip through the cracks. And you're like, whoa, that guy, free agent? All right. And Farhan is pretty good at this part of free agency. So we shall see. But I would, I probably would have put just because a whole ball of wax, Dansby Swanson for about half of what you got for Correa, I'd probably go with that. Uh, I'm a big Trey Turner guy. I like what Trey Turner brings to the table. He's not the defender, though, of the rest. So I would probably put Correa there second. And the reason I like Correa, in addition to everything that he brings to the table, and we've talked to a lot of people on our show on KMBR, a lot of people behind the scenes, the makeup of Carlos Correa, the way that he is in big games, and the Giants are assuming when you sign a guy to a 13-year contract that you're going to play in some big games. Because if we want to go to goals, as Carlos Correa is going to be introduced today, what would be acceptable for Carlos Correa at the end of these 13 years with the Giants? Look, let's just assume the last four or five are not going to be good. All right, so for the first eight years of Carlos Correa's contract from the age, he just turned 28 in September. So from 28 to 36 for Carlos Correa, for it to be a successful contract, at John Lund Radio, hit me up in the comment section here in U- on the uh, YouTube channel. For me, you got to have at least one World Series in there. I don't think that's too much to ask. I think of the eight years that he is at the top of his game, we'll give him 28 to 36, 28 to 35. Uh, at, when he's at, or for the top of the game, I would say that I would, I would want Carlos Correa to make, I don't know, five all-star appearances, uh, win a World Series, five or six playoff appearances, stay in contention all of the years that he is a member of the organization. I don't think that's too much to ask. Five of the eight years you make the playoffs. Once you win the World Series, a couple of times you get close. I mean, is that too much to, to ask? Some individual accolades or a five-time All-Star while you're here? He's only made the All-Star game a couple of times, as good as he is. So a couple of things like that. Maybe finishing the MVP, you know, like top five, top ten, two or three times. Is that too much to ask? I mean, you're getting a $360 million contract. It's a lot. I know the AAV is a little bit lower, but they're paying you $360 million. I don't think that's too much to ask. Give me your thoughts. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. At least one World Series. Stay in contention for most of those years. Playoffs five or six times. Deep into the playoffs three or four times. Multiple all-star appearances in consideration for the MVP. I think he's got that kind, that kind of talent. I mean, that's what Scott Boris had to be selling to the Giants, right? So on the day that Carlos Correa is going to be introduced to the San Francisco media at 11 a.m., and again, you'll hear it on KNBR with Papa and I, tell me your expectations, and I'll put the best ones on the podcast on Wednesday. Expectations for Carlos Correa as he is introduced today in San Francisco. So there you go. We just wanted to do a little short stops for you. Carlos Correa is going to be introduced in San Francisco today, so make sure you tune into KNBR our day long and we will get you all that uh, information. Have a little fun. That is Unleashed Barry, a sports talk for Wednesday, December 20th, 2022. John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Make sure that you interact with the show at John Lund Radio and in the comments section of the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple and Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And we can do all sorts of stuff. We do Giants. We do Warriors. We do Niners. We do stuff outside of the Bay Area. Whatever the hot topics of the day are. But today, obviously, Carlos Correa being introduced to the Bay Area media is the thing. That is unleashed for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network.